Sales Tuners, Episode 27, Jeb Blunt, CEO of Sales Gravy. The one thing that I've always had is this, like if right now you took everything away from me, like right now my whole world fell apart, I have deep and enduring faith that I can prospect my way out of any hole. And I know that to be true. This is Sales Tuners with Jim Brown. The only weekly show where we talk about the behaviors, attitudes, and techniques that get sales reps and entrepreneurs to grow their revenue from $1 million to more than $10 million in just two years. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. It's time, it's time, it's time. It's Sales Tuners time. I'm Jim Brown, your host. And our weekly inspiration comes from Jim Rohn, who said, you shouldn't wish that things were easier. You should wish that you were better. In many ways, the life of today's guest is a salesperson's dream come true. Jeb Blunt is the best-selling author of eight books, including Fanatical Prospecting, an advisor to many of the world's leading organizations, and the CEO of the sales acceleration company, Sales Gravy. I picked up a copy of Fanatical Prospecting a few months ago. At the time, I had a couple other books to get through before it made it to the top of my stack. But once it did, my goodness, I literally finished it on one airplane ride. As I highlighted page after page, I knew I had to get the author on the show. As you hear what he has to say, you'll quickly see why. Before we dive in, I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsors. A big thanks goes out to the team at Okta for helping make this podcast possible. We all know that a better sales process creates a better buying experience, and Octave is transforming the way sales documents are created, distributed, and tracked. Check out a demo at Octave.com. That's O-C-T-I-V.com. All right. Make sure you stick around until the end, where I'll give my recap and top takeaways. You can also check out all the links and show notes at salestuners.com slash 27. But now... Let's get to the conversation where Jeb talks about the three to four calls it typically takes just to get his buyer's attention. Well, let's just we'll, we'll take the pieces apart. So if you if you're buying a, like, a, a, for example, an advertisement from us, so we sell employment advertising. That's what we do in our job board. So let's say you're a company. You want to have, hire a salesperson. Most of most of the Fortune 1000 companies do work with us. But our you know, our, our core base is the mom and pop small company, medium-sized company that needs to hire salespeople. And they come to Sales Gravy because we are a sales-specific website. We're one of the largest sales websites in the world, and we have a lot of content. And so we get a lot of what we call passive candidates. They're people that already have a sales job. And if, if you wanted to buy from me, you could you can come online and just post a job and pay for it with a credit card. What, what's interesting, though, is that most people don't do that. So most people will come on, they'll take a look at it, and they'll call us because they want a human-to-human contact. So they either call in and, or, or we'll call them. I, I would say most of our sales in that space are made by an outbound cold call. And when I say cold call, we're interrupting people. There are a lot of people that we know. There are some people that we don't know. We do a lot of research online to find people. We look at folks that are posting jobs. And one of my reps will make an outbound call to them. Typically, it takes you know three to four calls to get their attention. If they're someone who posts with us on a regular basis, then you know maybe one or two calls. The timing has to be right. And we call them up. Typically, that's a one-call close. Sometimes it's a two-call close. When we work on in that space on enterprise accounts, I mean, those can be six-month conversations, but those are typically six-figure contracts for an entire year. If you're buying 
podcast advertising from us or you're buying uh, sponsorships from us for some of our content, those are typically you know two to three month long sales cycles. Those are almost always an outbound call. So we have an opening or we have a spot, say in our newsletter or on our podcast. We're my my sales reps are calling outbound to those. And if you listen to my podcast, you'll hear our sponsors on those. We have great sponsors. So I hope that makes sense, I guess, in context of the question that you asked. Oh, for sure. And there's a lot there, but I want to, you know, the biggest thing that I think I picked up out of all that is you got a lot of people on the phone doing outbound prospecting, right? That's, uh, and, yeah. and so that kind of gets, you know, your, your latest book, you know, you talk about it, the difference between every salesperson on the planet and, you know, the superstars, it's, you said the secret is simple, but not easy. And that is fanatical prospecting. So talk to me about that, Jed, like what led you to, to write that book? Well, I mean, it's been my life. I mean, if you think about it, I've been, I mean, I've been successful. There's no doubt. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm sitting in my library right now in a house that would say this dude's been really successful. If, and so if you, if you, if you look at it just from those tangible things uh, and you look around me, you say, you know, are, you know, I've been able to buy things and own things and do things that most people haven't been able to do because of, of that, of that relentless, you know, focus on opening up doors and and I make no I make no apology for it. I've I've worked my tail off to to have that those opportunities, and if, but all of it, like everything that I have, everything I've done has been from prospecting. I mean, from 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 working hard at um, at developing you know opportunities. And you know, even when I started Sales Gravy, I started Sales Gravy you know ten years ago. When I first started Sales Gravy, I started as a job board, and I spent two years basically crashing job fairs. I mean, you, you I, I wasn't a core, I mean, I was an executive. I was a vice president of sales for a fortune 500 company. And I went from that because to going into job fairs, getting past security and walking from booth to booth to booth and asking people to give me a shot, spend yeah, $199 with me. Right. So I did, I got kicked out of a lot of places. I got really good at running from security and getting to the bathroom, but, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's what I did. And I did that for two years. And, and then, you know, it, it, about two years later, almost 24 months after I started the company, I nailed my first enterprise account and, you know, it was like that cumulative impact. So the one thing that I've always had is this, like if right now you took everything away from me, like right now, my whole world fell apart. I have deep and enduring faith that I can prospect my way out of any hole. And I know that to be true because I've proven it over and over again. So when I wrote Fanatical Prospecting, it was for two reasons. One, it was a book that I that I had been meaning to write for a long time, and the timing was right. I got so fortunate with the timing on this book that the world was looking for the right message at the time. But the other thing is I was getting really, really, really pissed off. I was getting so angry at these – I call them charlatans, but these these – gurus, these like instant gurus who pop up and pander to salespeople and tell them it's going to be easy. And, you know, cold calling is dead and all this other BS. And salespeople love that. I mean, they want to hear that it's easy. And I just felt like someone had to write a book that didn't, that, that pulled the veil off of it, pulled the mask off of it and told people the absolute unadulterated truth about selling and prospecting. And frankly, in a lot of cases, just life. It is not easy. There is no easy button. There's no magic fairy dust. It sucks to do. I I still hate doing it. Yeah. I, I prospect almost every day of my life, and I do it. I do it in a lot of ways because I know that if I go a couple of days without it, I can go. Oh my god! It's so much nicer not to do this. 
And it would be great if I could fill my funnel with inbound leads and we didn't ever have to interrupt people. But I got news for you. I got I got to make payroll. I have, I've got you know people that work for me who has families to feed. And if we don't prospect, I won't be able to do that. And and so I've that's that that, that was like my motivation. I don't know if you hear the passion of my voice, <laughs> but, you know, it's like it's the thing. It's not everything in sales. I mean, you, you as, a, as, a, as a salesperson, a, a portion of your day should be focused on prospecting. It, so there are other things like you've got to build relationships. You've got to you know, work people through the sales process. And my new book, Sales EQ, is sort of the other side of that. But none of that matters. Like nothing matters if you don't have prospects in your database and you're not reaching out to them and you're not putting them in your pipeline. Well, I'm sitting here shaking my head, yes, because I'm just I agree so much. And it's it's frustrating to see all these new things coming into vogue saying, Oh, just do this, you know, three steps a day, and you know, your pipeline will be filled and you know, social selling. I, I want to read a quick snippet uh, from your book because you know, it, a lot of these experts as you talked about, they're coming out here the, pontificating about cold calling being dead. And I want to ask you, you know, people are saying the cold call is dead. I want to get your thoughts on that, but one of the, the things that I took from your book, it says, with their top secret system, you'll happily and painlessly blog and post on social media sites and prospects who are already 70% or 57% or 68% or whatever the latest statistic is these days, uh, all the way through the sales process, all by themselves will miraculously, uh, miraculously call you at exactly the right time. You'll answer the phone, check your email or your social inbox and boom, close deal. That is literally is what I am seeing all the time online. It's just not true. But again, they're, they're saying cold calling's dead. They're saying the phone's dead. People don't pick up the phone. What do you say to that? It's just not true. I mean, I say the same thing you are. It's just, it's BS. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the word. I really want to say the word bad, but it's just BS. Because like, social is, is not a panacea. It is part of the equation. I believe in a balanced prospecting methodology. I'm not a, hey, cold calling's the only way or social's the only way. And in fact, I tell people, as soon as you have someone telling you that they have the way, the one way to prospecting salvation, run as fast as you can in the other direction. Sales is situational and it shifts. Even the, the earlier conversation that we had with all the things that we sell, the way we prospect and the way we reach out changes from thing to thing to thing. I mean, they're, 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 every salesperson, every company is different. But I believe that you have to use a balance. You have to outdo outbound prospecting. You have to go – if you're an outside salesperson, you better be knocking on doors. You've got to go out there and do that. You've got to – we use text messaging in some cases. We, um, we use email. Uh, we use a lot of email. We use social media. I can't tell you how many times I'll see someone post something on social media saying, hey, I need something like training. This happened to us the other day. A person was saying, I'm looking for training for my SDRs. I clipped a picture of it popped it into a text message, sent it to my rep, who then looked the person up on Discover.org, which is one of the tools that we use for leads, got their phone number and called them, left a voicemail message, then pinged them on LinkedIn, then sent an email and then repeated it three times until the person wrote us back on email and said, let's schedule a meeting. I mean, we used everything. That's what you do. So the this concept of this belief that like you're going to be able to just sit around and post stuff and it's going to come to you, it's just not true. I mean, if that had happened, the person would have called us. And in fact, my, I have a uh, we have a my VP of sales at Sales Gravy got a phone call, got a cold call on the phone from a you know a person that was selling the social selling solution, and you know he shut her down like immediately. He said, he said he said if 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 this 
process that you say works and will create endless leads without us having the cold call. Why are you cold calling me? Shouldn't I be calling you? That is incredible. That's a true story. The true story. True story. But and also true Unreal. that we get, we get emails every day from companies, right, who say that they're going to do the cold calling for me. They have this great way of calling, but they send it in the email. Like <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. And by the way, my phone number's online. So email is another thing. You can't email your way into prospecting salvation. Is it part of the process? Absolutely. But does it? Is it going to solve all your problems? No, it is not going to do that. It's not going to keep you from having to actually talk to another human being. So yeah, I think I think that you know that statement is right. And I think that the bigger issue here is that it's not about a cold call or a warm call or a referral call. It's really about interrupting people. Mm-hmm. And most salespeople, what they're when they talk about cold calling, they're not saying, "Hey, I don't want a cold call." What they're saying is interrupting. And what these charlatans are telling you is that interrupting is dead. You said something about, you know, the phone doesn't work. What a crock that is. I'm with salespeople. Well, but, but some people are saying day. people don't answer the phone anymore. So well, that's a crock. It's not true. I, I, every day of my life, either me or one of my trainers is standing in front of a group of salespeople or we are doing, you know, fanatical prospecting boot camps on the, on the, you know, on, on our, on sales group university. But in our fanatical prospecting boot camps, we do live phone blocks. So we ask salespeople to bring their list with them. And then we do phone blocks every, you know, every hour. Or so we're doing a phone block and we're seeing anywhere from 25% to 50% pickup rates. And in fact, I was with a director of sales. You said 25 to 50% pickup pickup rates. I was with a director of sales last week who was, was working on our program with a group of his reps who sell a particular product. And he was getting 50%. It's like, I'm getting 50% of the time that people are answering the telephone because my reps are complaining that nobody answers the phone. He's like, what do you want? And yes, I mean, if you're, if like, if you're selling say enterprise level software and you're calling into CIOs, you're going to have, and I, I have a couple of clients who are in that space, you know, they're working 9 to 15% pickup rates, depending on the industry that they're calling. But if you're calling business services, if you're a B2B rep, which is, you know, the, the majority of the 10 million, you know, B2B reps out there are just doing business services, you're getting somewhere between, I'd say, 20 and 40% pickup rates consistently day in and day out. When I go back and look at the stats in the 90s from when I was carrying a briefcase and I count, I, me- I measure everything. I measure my stats when I'm prospecting. It's a system. And I go back and look at that. I was getting 25% pickup rate in 1993, 4, 5, and 6. When we didn't have an internet, people were picking up. We still had voicemail back then. And people whined back then that nobody answered the telephone. Hmm. But the reality is, is if I get, if let's say that I do, you know, I do 30 or 40 dials. I'm typically going to talk to, you know, 10 to 15 people and I'm going to, in that case, I'm going to typically convert two of those into appointments. And if I'm a B2B rep and I go on two good quality appointments every single day, I'm going to be at the top of the sales ranking report for my company. The question is when people say it doesn't work, if you, if you take a look at them and watch them, they're doing hour long phone blocks and talking, you know, they're making like 11 dials or 10 dials or five dials because they're spending all of their time, like doing research online versus just picking the damn phone up and calling somebody and asking for an appointment. So what we do in fanatical prospecting boot camps is we, 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 we create these really small, intense prospecting intervals 
sometimes I'll do 15 minutes. I'll say, listen, I'll have a group of salespeople. You have 15 minutes to make 15,000 set one appointment. And they just look at me and I say, go. Yeah, they, they're, they got to be like, that's impossible, Jeb. There's no way that's going to happen. And then they do it. Like, we'll say, well, I mean, if you do that, for example, we'll have a range that typically spans from about eight calls to, say, 18 calls. So it's a pretty big range. And it really depends on, you know, on moving fast. And we'll tighten that up over the course of a boot camp. But almost everybody sets an appointment. I mean, it's so rare for us to have, you know, more than, say, we'll have 30 people in a room, more than two people that doesn't set an appointment. And the appointment, the outcome, right, the appointment is what we really want. Absolutely. But, but all I do is say, look, you have 15 minutes to do this. And then when we're done, exactly what you said, they're like they're dumbfounded that they're able to do so much in 15 minutes. So it, you have to just change your mindset about it and think to yourself, what do I have to do? Like the one thing that we do in those boot camps is bring your list. The list is done in advance. We're not sitting on Salesforce hacking through deciding what we're going to call in the moment we do the we do the research and we do the planning in advance so you know you talk about this idea of like the golden hours right so like being able to time block and set aside time every single day to be able to prospect and, and you're alluding to it right there right so have your research done prior have your list be ready to go and just start picking up the phone talk, talk more about that the, the golden hours how do you how do you do that with your with your teams well, we look at, you know, like, let's just take my, my advertising team that sells employment advertising. What people are really, what blows them away is that my average rep on my, on my team makes right around 120 dials a day. These are dials, right? So all they, they're just dialing the phone. And we don't have an automatic dialer. We, we dial the phone with our fingers because, pr pr frank, primarily because we, we're like, we're new age, but we have, we all, we just use cell phones. We give everybody a cell phone. We, we use a company called Ring Central that manages our stuff and we just all dial it on phones. So we don't have an auto dialer. We don't need an auto dialer. I mean, fingers work just great. So, um, we, we block out three hours a day for prospecting, telephone prospecting. The rest of our day is used for, for selling and we do email blocks and things like that. So we block the time. We typically do, we call them power hours, but we're, our power hours are typically broken into two 30 minute you know, phone blocks where we hit hard for 30 minutes, take five minutes off, hit hard for 30 minutes. And then we'll take about 20 minutes to update. We use Salesforce as our CRM. We'll update Salesforce. And over the course, you know, if you, if you end up making, you know, say 120 dials, you know, over, over the course of the day, you're going to talk to, you know, 20, 25 people. And most of those conversations are going to end up going nowhere. They're going to be we're, we're like we're qualifying. Are you hiring salespeople? I'm not hiring salespeople right now. I really don't need my rep to put that in Salesforce. Right. We'll have a handful of conversations where we'll get a new decision maker or they'll say we're going to be hiring a salesperson in three months. Call me back then or we'll get some additional information. And then, you know, we'll, my typical rep will sell, you know, one or two deals a day, sometimes three. And if we have a great day, I've had reps that'll sell five and six deals. But over, over time, like over the course of a week, um, most of my reps are selling 10 deals a week. And you think, God, 120 dials, you know, a day to sell 10 deals. But in my world, that's A, what it takes. And B, those 10 deals, because they're subscription-based programs, they're cumulative. They, 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 you know, they drive exponential revenue. And so when you have reps doing that consistently and you understand what the number is, then, you know, you're, you, you understand the machine that you have to build. In the middle of that, they're getting some give me's. We have some people that are coming in. They have customers that call back and, and the system, the system works, but it's because we break those blocks up. Now we also do email blocks. I even have a couple of reps who do voicemail blocks. 
So they call like really late in the day when they know they're not going to get most people. And all they do is leave voicemails. And then the next morning they call, they, they make those voicemail blocks part of their outbound call block. And they see that it, it increases the pickup rate because the, the, either the number is recognized or they call them or in, some, in a lot of cases it'll, it'll create an inbound call. And we do the same thing with email. We use a tool called Tellwise. When we call in the morning, the, all the voicemails we got in the morning, we load that up into an email blast in the afternoon. We send that out at about 8.30. We start the morning with our call block. And then at 8.30, that email blast starts going out and we can start seeing the people that are opening up our emails and we're dialing right from Tellwise right into those accounts. We just click a button and call. And at the same time, we typically attach something to those emails, which creates a web page, which creates a opportunity to do proactive chat when people are looking at what we send out. Hmm. And, when you, and when you look at that, you say, well, that's a whole lot of stuff going on. But again, we're using all of our channels. We're concentrating our focus into small, intense blocks. And we have no distractions. There's no cat videos. There's no computers open. There's no email getting in our way. We just focus on, on one thing. And then when, you know, like I said, when our Tellwise blocks hit, we know exactly when that happens. And we're able to open up Tellwise on our devices, see what's happening. And then we'll, that, that actually creates another block for us. I hope that all makes sense. I, you know, right? it, it did. I want to unpack some of this. I'm, first off, I'm a big fan of the concept of time blocking. I've been doing that for years. It, it works. If anybody's listening out there, give it a shot, right? So, now my numbers might not be as high as you. I don't. I don't need to do 120 dials a day, but that's just not where I am. But it works, right? So, the, the one thing I took a note here, I'm I'm intrigued by this voicemail after hours time block. Like you legitimately, like, you know, I've definitely called after hours with the in, intent to get a, a voicemail. But you're saying you specifically do it as a part of a strategy that you're constantly. I, I, I'm loving that. I want to. I want to start to try that. But Jebo, so. I, I'm thinking about, I'm hearing all the excuses that I get and that I hear on a regular basis to what you're talking about. I, I got to do email. I got to, you know, do my proposals. I got to update my CRM. I, you know, there's all these other things that are getting in the way and I, I just can't get on the phone. What do you say to that? That's just a cop out. So here's a couple of things I say to salespeople who say that. First of all, you're right. Most B2B reps don't need to make $120 a day. I, I, and let's, I want to I hit this real quickly because I think it's important. If, if you are doing a great job as a B2B rep and you should be able to, in about an hour a day of calling, be able to set all the appointments that you need to crush it in your world. And if you're really good at what you do, if you're building good lists, your first 10 or 15 calls, you're going to make the appointments that you need because you're calling qualified prospects that are in the buying window. Now, how do you know they're in the buying window? Well, the other 30 calls you make are calls in to get information about the buying window, about the stakeholders, about the buyers, about what they're using, about your competitors, about contract expiration dates. And what this is where most people, most salespeople don't get it. When I say make a bunch of dials for a B2B rep, I'm not saying that you, know, you need that many dials in order to set the appointments. I'm saying you need that many dials to build your database so that when you're calling the set appointments, you're calling the set appointments with the best qualified prospects, which, by the way, makes your pipeline more robust, which means that you have to make less dials. I mean, this is the like, that's the cycle. And so salespeople don't understand the system, nor do their managers. And if you like if you go into any call, like I'm a I'm, I'm big, like I, I, I like 50 dials a day. You may not make all those dials in your call block. Take your list with you. You're not I mean or if you're a field rep. And if you're an inside sales rep, just work it into your day. But you have to have that block in the morning. That's, I mean, that's critical. And the voicemail block is really simple. If you think about it, if you know you're calling into voicemail, you're going to be a lot more efficient. 
And you can leave a voicemail any time of day. Mm-hmm. So in my call blocks, a lot of times in my call blocks, I don't leave voicemails because I can move faster. And I can find that there's somebody sitting there that's going to answer the telephone. Then I can move faster and catch all those people who will answer the phone and I can convert them into appointments. And then I can leave voicemails when I have time. And when you're just leaving voicemails, you actually move faster because you're not – you're not getting people on the telephone at all. You know what you're doing. You're, you're prepared to move through the, the, the phone tree, and you probably have a good stock voicemail that you're going to be leaving that's going to create an you know, interest. And you can have your voicemail list dialed into a particular industry vertical so that you don't have to change your message every single time. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. I, so I, uh, I'll do a quick plug. I use a, a product called SalesLoft, and, and they actually have it where I can just drop my voicemail because you, you're right. Like for me, it is a typical one when I'm doing that, so I can just drop it in there. But you, you're absolutely right in that. I, I want to talk. Uh, you know, you you also are a big fan of manual tracking. You know, as am I. There's just something because we all got Salesforce and our CRMs, and you know, we got a but there's something about having a piece of paper in front of you that shows you your goals for the day and you, you know, tally marks or however you want to do it. I, you know, I think I read in your book, one of your, your folks, um, you know, they knew they had to have 50. So they just wrote the big number 50 and then they made the call. Boom, slash it out. 49, 48, yep. 47. <laughs> that's right. There's something about that. That's magical. But like I am making progress. I am doing something as opposed to just putting something out there in the ether, which is your, your, like you said, your CRM, a lot of, a lot of power to, to putting pen to paper there. I think there is. And I, I see it all the time with reps. And you, you, you'll see this. If, you, if you're a leader and you're listening to this podcast, go walk to your, 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 um, your team when they're doing a prospecting blog. Ask them how many calls they made. Mm-hmm. And then go check. They're usually they're delusional. They have no idea how, they, how many they made. I was sitting down with a group of reps two weeks ago in Tampa, and I was making outbound dials with them. The very first thing I did was open up my notebook, and I, and I created a page, and I went dials contacts, appointments, voicemails. And then every time I made a dial, I just made a chit mark on the, on the sheet. And I was, you know, I was watching it. My, you know, I, I had to, I had to get through my sheet, but I was watching it and I could tell when I was moving too slow. I could tell when I was moving too fast and it's just, it just keeps you on. And the reason that salespeople obviously don't do that is because the truth hurts. I don't want to, I don't want to actually see it. And somebody says, well, it takes too long to write a chit mark. And so I'll do it. I'll say, how long does it take? Time it for me. You know, you're just you're just making excuses. Yeah. So I think you're right. That that by the way, that rep that did the you know the 50 all the way down the one, I'm she's the only person I've ever seen do that. And I'm so glad you picked that up because it was it was ingenious. If you think about it, I just write I write I write 50 through one on a piece of paper. Every time I make a call, I just cross one out. And as you said, I can look back and see I made progress. One of the reasons I like to cut grass is because I can look back and see that I actually accomplished. Yeah, something. you can see the lines. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I want to, you know, we're talking about prospecting, right? And so one of the other things that I loved about uh, your book, you know, you talk about the anatomy of a sales slump, and I want I want you to talk to me about that. But it starts with the thirty day rule. It, 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 I want you to say it because I, I think your words are better. But what is the thirty day rule in your world? So the thirty day rule is a simple formula that says that the for most B two B salespeople. And I would say this is also true for high-end B2C salespeople like insurance agents, um, you know, financial consultants, real estate agents. It, it fits in that specific world. And that is that the prospect thing that you do in any given 30-day period has the tendency to pay off over the next 90 days. The prospect thing you do in any 30-day period has a tendency to pay off over the next 90 days. If you take my advertising reps because it's such a short cycle sale, we have the one-day rule. The prospecting we do in one day has a tendency to pay off over the next three days. So you miss a day, it gets really ugly for us because we because we, we are high activity and we're high turnover, turnaround. 
So, but if you're in enterprise sales, uh, a few weeks ago I was in Chicago. I was talking with a group of enterprise sales reps who are in very complex deals. In their world, it's the three month rule. The prospecting they do in any given quarter has a tendency to pay off for the next nine months. But basically, what, what this says is that you have to prospect every day. The 30-day rule is a really simple formula. It says you can't take a day off. You take a day off, it's going to bite you. You take a week off, it's going to hurt. You take a month off, you may not have a job. You have to prospect every day, every day, every day, every day. And the reason that I teach salespeople the 30-day rule is not so much that they're going to remember it because I don't know a salesperson anywhere who is failing like in March and says, oh, yeah, it was because I wasn't prospecting in December. Like they don't ever say that. They go, I got a closing problem or, Mm -hmm. you know, the – the economy's bad or our pricing's bad or we don't have the right thing or our competitors are tough. Like nobody ever does that. So I, when I'm standing in front of the reps, you know, I, I always ask them like, why do I teach you this? And, and I get them to the point where I say, look, I'm teaching you because of something that my mother is just brilliant at. And that is guilt. Like if you don't have some level of guilt in your heart and soul that hits you when you lay your head down at night on your pillow that says, I didn't prospect today or something was missing the day that doesn't get you motivated the next day to go fix that problem, then it's really easy to go one day or miss another day or miss three days or miss four days or miss five days. And I think you know as well as anybody because you're a practitioner, you're out there in the field, you're working that, you know, you go a week without prospecting, it is really, really hard to start over again. Mm -hmm. No different than you get off of exercising every day and get off of your diet and, you know, and go a little bit over hard, you know, overboard on eating. It is really hard to start over again and get back on, you know, the exercise and the diet train. Um, so you, if you internalize the 30 day rule and you, you, you understand this and you know that, you know, days aren't perfect, weeks aren't perfect. Things change. Things happen. Sometimes you get the flu. There are going to be days when you don't prospect. But if you have that internal thing inside of you and your soul that is saying something's missing, I have to get back on track, then you'll be a lot more successful than the rep that says, yeah, bag it. I'll do it the next day. So so let me push back, right? So why can't I just catch up? Why can't I go two, three days, not do it, and then say, okay, Thursday, I'm going to catch up on my prospect? Well, that's easy to say, right? But let's let's just tell the truth. Prospecting sucks. It just <laughs> sucks. And I'll tell you how bad it sucks. I had a client this past fall that we were working with. They they pros they did all their prospecting on Monday. And I am not a fan of prospecting days. I'm just not a fan of them because they never work. So they do all their prospecting on Mondays. They asked us to come in and do a prospecting or a fanatical prospecting boot camp with their team. We did three 30-minute prospecting blocks. So you have, when we do 30-minute prospecting blocks, the cadence looks like this. You have 30 minutes to make 30 dials set two appointments. That's, what, that, that's just what we say. And in three 30-minute blocks, their entire team did more outbound prospecting dials, just actual activity, and set more appointments and had more conversations than they had in the last, last three Mondays combined. Now think about that. That's three eight-hour days. That's 24 hours of prospecting, 24 hours that we covered in an hour and a half. We did more because here's why. You just go in one day and say, I'm going to bang the phone for eight hours. Uh, just it, like as you say that, that sounds miserable. I know. You do it. You do 30, <laughs> you'll be like, you're going to be great for the first 30 minutes, but you know, by about 10 o'clock, you're going to be going, when's lunch? You know, so 
you'll find anything to do. And it's the same thing with exercise. Go to the gym and try to work out for eight hours. I mean, nobody wants to do that. Uh, upstairs in my house, I have a, I have my own gym and I've got a spin bike up there. And in front of it, I've got this huge, you know, flat screen TV on the wall. And I watch these high intensity. I, I download these videos off of YouTube with these high intensity, you know, exercise. Uh, and I'm going to, as soon as I get off this phone with you, I'm going up there to hop on. I'm going to work out for 20 minutes. I'll get more done in 20 minutes and my legs will be wobbly after I do the high intensity training than I would if I sat on that bike and I pedaled steadily for three hours. So the same thing with prospecting. Yeah, it's miserable. It's absolutely miserable and you'll put it off and you'll put it off and you'll put it off. So better to break it up into small chunks, do a little bit every single day and gain the cumulative impact of every single day. Some days you'll, you'll have bad days. We don't talk to anybody. Some days you'll walk out of a call block thinking, man, I am like the superstar of all superstars. Everybody's talking to me. But over time, it statistically, it all evens out. And what I found is like anything in life, if you do a little bit every day, the cumulative impact of that is so much more, um, you know, it's so much bigger than trying to do it all at once. And there's one other thing that, that I think that people don't get, and that is the statistical impact. If I dial a little bit every day, statistically, I am more likely to get in front of the right prospect at the right time with the right message than if I concentrated all on Monday. Because if I concentrated all on Monday or all on Thursday or all on Wednesday or twice a week or what have you, I'm never going to talk to the people that aren't at work on Monday or or they never take calls on Monday or their Monday and their world is a you know what show and there's no way they're going to get on the telephone. So. I'm a big fan of a little bit every day, really high intensity impact. And look, if you if you screw up and miss a day or like, you know, if you've got a like a huge deal you're working on or your vice president's in town and everybody's got to go kiss the price price president's rear end. Fine. You're going to miss a day. It's a lot easier to double up the next day and do an hour and a half of prospecting and work harder than it is to try to figure it all out on Friday. And I promise you. In your heart of hearts, you all know the truth. You will never do it. Yeah, I mean, You'll and, and you get to Friday, and then you're like, "Well, no one works on Friday, right? They're out, they're out playing golf, or you know, so I'll wait till Monday." And it just, you know, and, and you talked about again the, this anatomy of the sales slump, right? That starts with prospecting. So if you don't prospect, well, then your pipeline starts to stall. And once your pipeline stalls and your your leads and your pipe is dead, then you're, you're not closing deals. And as you said, here come all the excuses of why I can't close, whether it's my you know the market, the competition, you know, blah blah. blah. But then this is this was critical. As you start to experience that failure of your pipeline, your confidence starts to erode. And now you start, you could have been a, an all-star, but now all of a sudden you're thinking, okay, well, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm, maybe I just lost it. I, I'm not good at sales anymore. And it just all goes all the way back to 30 days ago. What were you doing? What was your activity? You know this better than anybody that, that confidence and enthusiasm are the two most important emotions in sales. When, when you're confident, you can ask for what you want. When you're confident, you get better deals. When you're confident, you close better. And when you feel enthusiastic or passionate about your product, you're able to, to transfer that, that enthusiasm and confidence over to your buyer. And emotions are contagious. So you think about you're in the bottom of a slump. Do you feel very confident or enthusiastic? The answer is no. And you don't have the confidence to call a buyer out and just say, are we going to do business or not? Or to ask for the next step or to get the micro commitments that you need to advance the deal. And this is where prospecting makes you a better salesperson. Because when you have a full pipeline, like when you have when you have good quality deals in your pipeline and they're there all the time, all of a sudden 
emotionally, you are a better salesperson. Emotionally, you have the ability to to walk into accounts and get the respect that you deserve because you are a professional. And when you don't, you reek and drip of desperation. And I talk about something in the book called the universal law of need, which says, you know, the more you need the deal, the less likely you are to get it. You, you, and, and if you only have one or two deals in your pipe and you got to hit your month and your sales managers on your rear end, I can pretty much guarantee you, you're probably not going to close those deals. That is so, 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 so true. I'm sitting here like from experience, the, the two biggest deals I've did, you know, those high six figure and low seven figure deals. I didn't care. Well, you know, obviously I cared, right? But I didn't need that business and the, yeah. po- and the posture and the emotion I was able to carry through that. I'm like, look. You don't have to do that. I'm not discounting. I'm not giving away anything. I I don't need you. You need me. I've got what you want. And it's so powerful to be in that position. Jeb, you you talked about it. Now I want to we got to get to a break here in just a minute, but you talked about this idea of, of getting other B2B salespeople to help you out, calling in to B2B salespeople. What what's that all about? It's, I call it the salesperson help salesperson hack, right? Salespeople help salespeople hack. And and the bane of existence for salespeople is the gatekeeper. How do I get past gatekeepers? I mean, I, I hear this all the time. It's my, it's probably the top question that I get from salespeople. Other than when should I time my calls? Which you know, for me, it's get on the phone first thing in the morning and forget about timing your calls. But this this concept of of dealing with salespeople, I tell a story in in the book. But honestly, this happened to me just last week when I was working with a client. I, I hit a gatekeeper. She was awful i mean annihilated me and i'm like you can imagine like i'm the author right? i wrote the book Fanatical yeah Project. you're a pro at this <laughs> so i'm sitting in front of a group of sales reps in their call center dialing with them and they're all watching me wow <laughs> like, this this lady like takes me apart so i call back i call she hung up on me i call back and she threatened to call the police this is a business like I'm what Yes. So, oh man, it was, it was just, you know, it was just the, you know, you know, you've gotten an evil gatekeeper. She was just an evil gatekeeper. So I hung up and I'm dialing for another rep and I'm like, you know, this is going to be tough because she, as long as she's answering the telephone, you're not getting through. So I hung back up again and I called in and I asked in a little bit of a different voice, if I could speak to the sales department and she sent me right through. And a guy named Gary answered the telephone, and I and I told him the joke. I said, "I've just talked to your gatekeeper." I said, "She's really, really good. She just annihilated me." He laughed, and I said, "Listen, I'm just trying to get in touch with the person who handles this product. Who's the person I need to talk to there? And can you give me their extension or a phone number?" And he knew exactly who to talk to, and he, you know, he sent me over there, and I got through. And I didn't actually get to talk to the person, but I did get their information and I was able to leave them a voicemail and I was able to give that information to the sales rep who, for whom I was calling so that down the road, he'd be able to get in there. And I find often, not always, but often the salespeople, they, A, know who's who inside their company uh, and, and B, the sales organization almost always answers its phone because they sell stuff. That I'm. That is awesome. Uh, the the story about the the gatekeeper calling you the police on you or threatening to call the police on you is fantastic, Jeff. That's awesome. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, but when we come back. It's gonna be time for the money round, so you don't go away. And sales tuners, you don't go away either. We'll be right back. Sales tuners, Octave has built a sales productivity platform that streamlines the workflow for creating and managing your sales documents. Everything from presentations and quotes to all of your proposals and contracts. They can pull data from your CRM, CPQ, and ERP systems, saving you time and accelerating each sales opportunity. 
Octave has been around since 2010 and now serves more than 400 organizations. I'm talking global enterprises, guys, like GE and Siemens, national brands like Angie's List and FedEx Office, and even industry innovators like Double Dutch and Lindemood Bell. You've got to check them out. Go to Octave.com. That's O-C-T-I-V.com to learn more. And hey, during your demo, be sure to tell them you heard about them on the Sales Tuners podcast. We are back and it's time for the money round. Jeb, are you ready for the money round? I am ready for the money round. I love the name of that money round. That's right. Hey, we're salespeople. So here we go. Uh, What's the one thing, Jeb, that has contributed most to your transformation from normal to exceptional? I work hard. Uh, A lot of, you know, a lot of people call me, they call me the James Browns of selling. So I didn't give myself that moniker. Um, Douglas Burdett did on a podcast, but um, but I'll take it. I mean, the hardest working man in sales, but I work really, really hard. I work seven days a week. I never stop. I, I run into a lot of walls. I make a lot of really stupid mistakes and I do dumb things. But the one thing that I've always believed is that persistence always wins always. It's kind of like that 10 years of hard work makes you look like an overnight success, right? That's <laughs> true. It is true. <laughs> if, if you were to start over today in sales, what would you tell your 22 year old self to spend the next 30 days doing? I pick up the phone. I prospect. I mean, I, I learned that early on. I, I that's where I learned the thirty day rule. I mean, I, I, uh, I. One of the worst things ever happened to me early in my career was I entered a quarter with an empty pipeline, and fortunately, I had a sales manager at that who cared for me, but was also not willing to accept excuses. And he's told me that you have ninety days to fix this problem. And at first, I didn't know what to do. At first, I was miserable and I was making excuses. And then, you know, I sort of figured out that if I didn't do something, that he was going to, you know, cut me and, and send me off the team. So I started picking up the phone every single morning. I started dialing. And three months later, and I'm the number one sales rep in the region. And I never stopped after that. So as a new salesperson, same advice I would give myself, same advice I'll give you. The number one reason why salespeople in their first year, young salespeople fail is because they don't have enough in their pipeline. And the reason they don't have enough in their pipeline is they're not prospecting. So you got 30 days, pick up the damn phone and start calling people. I love it. So true. A two-part question here, Jeb. Which uh, phrase describes you best and why? I love to win or I hate to lose? Oh, man, I hate to lose. I hate to lose. I hate to lose. I hate to lose. I, I will I will do anything not to lose. Um, I absolutely can't stand it. I was having this conversation yesterday with a gentleman who was interviewing me and we, we didn't ask me that exact question, but he, you know, he just basically said, you know, what, what drives you? We were talking about when I started sales gravy. And I remember like the first three years of sales gravy, I would wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat and I would be having this nightmare about that. I couldn't make it. I didn't make it on my own in my own company. And that all the people that I knew were sitting around laughing at me because I failed. Uh, I hate to lose. I re- and I remember every single thing that I ever lost. I mean, I remember it and it galls me. I'm saying you're shaking my head because I completely agree. It's the, I, I've had lots of wins, but I remember every single loss. I'm totally with you. Jeb, uh, I, I'm going to link to Fanatical Prospect in the show notes. But uh, besides that, what's a book that you've read multiple times or always find yourself recommending to others? I'm going to give you two books. Uh, first book is uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And I recommend that every salesperson read that book once a year. It's just, it's just one of those things as a mantra, read it once a year. And the second book that I've read, that's a, it's an obscure book. Uh, and I, and I'm full disclosure, I own the rights to this book. I, 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 um, the author is now dead and the book had gone out of print and I, I love the book so much that I put it back into print. 
And you can also buy the original book. You can buy a used book. I think you can buy them on Amazon. But it's a book called No Bull, B-U-L-L, Selling, No Bull Selling, by a gentleman named Hank Trizzler, who was one of my favorite authors, a hero, a mentor. I love this guy. I love that book. It's a, it's just a basic core sales book that is an in-your-face book that I think every salesperson should read. But it's what it's just my it's my all-time favorite sales book. I and I, it's I don't know what else to say. I, I love that. I miss Hank. Yeah, if you're if you're buying the right suit, I can definitely tell it's a good one. So, uh, sales tuners, I, I'm going to link to that one in the show notes as well, so that you can get that on Amazon. But uh, if you would like to check check out Jeb's recommendation of how to win friends and influence people on Audible, you can head on over to salestuners.com/book where you can sign up for a 30-day free trial of Audible and browse their over 150,000 titles. Again, that's salesooners.com slash book. Jeb, what's the biggest piece of advice? And I think you might have already hit this, but what's the biggest piece of advice you'd have for all the sales tuners out there grinding today? I, I, oh gosh, that's such a good question. I mean, there's so much advice. I, my advice to the folks that are grind are grinding every single day is find something that you want. Discover your desire. Um, it's the you, grinding is hard and we know in sales, you got to grind this, you know, the, to shine. You just have to, you got to work really, really, really hard every single day, doing a lot of stuff that really sucks in order to, to get the thing that you want. And if you're working for a commission check to me, that's just not enough. So figure out what it is that you desire, figure out what it is that you want. And I'll, I'll throw up a, a quick uh, plug up there. You can go to freegoalsheet.com. That's freegoalsheet.com. There's nothing to buy. We won't, we won't hassle you for anything. I've been giving this away for, I don't know, six years, seven years. But you can get the 2017 Goal Planning Guide from that site. Download it. You can make copies of it. Send it to your friends. I don't care. There's, there's, there, you have anything you want to do with it. But take that. Write down what you want. Figure it out and focus on that. And that'll help you find the the motivation that you need during those days when it just you just don't want to grind anymore to get up the next day and do it again. I'm going to get you out of here on this one, Jeb. Uh, how could someone find you or connect with you after the show today if they wanted to? A couple of ways. Well, there's a bunch of ways. You can connect with me on Twitter at Sales Gravy. I love to tweet. Um, you can connect with me on Instagram. I'm at Sales Gravy. I love Instagram. You can connect with me on Facebook. Uh, on my personal account, which is at Sales Gravy, and I love when people connect with me on Facebook. I like following you and see what you're doing. My my per, my my page on Facebook is Jeb on Demand, so slash Jeb on Demand. You can always catch me on LinkedIn, and LinkedIn's my name, and just type type in LinkedIn. You can um, reach me on email at Jeb at SalesGravy.com, and my rule for emails: if you send me an email and you don't get a response, it's not because I don't love you. It's because I get a thousand a day. So hit me again, be persistent, but I promise I'll, I'll follow up with you. You can also um, visit us at salesgravy.com and on my personal website, jebblunt.com. Ready for some more? Pick up my podcast on iTunes. Just type in sales gravy or type in my name and go visit my uh, my YouTube channel. That's um, slash sales gravy. Is that enough? It, it was, but Jeb, as I expected it would be, this was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It was, it was amazing. Amazing. And let me tell you something. If if you're listening to this podcast, uh, this guy is a great interviewer. I'm I'm so impressed with you. I you know I'm. It's just amazing. You need to be on the radio. Very <laughs> incredible. So thank you so much for having me on. I'm I'm so grateful for this, and um and I I I hope we get to do it again. I appreciate that, Jeb. Have a great day. There you go. 
Now you know why I nearly ran out of highlighter ink while reading his book. I constantly tell the reps I work with that if they can master the cold outreach or at least just get comfortable with it, they will unlock an amazing career. And it's hard to narrow down just three takeaways from today's conversation, but I'm going to try. Number one, protect the golden hours. The most important thing you can do on a daily basis is sell. But actually selling does not involve putting together a list, updating your CRM, or creating presentations. It's actually talking to prospects. But since all of that other stuff seems to creep up or get in our way, you need to block out your golden hours on the calendar. This should be a minimum of one to two hours every single day set aside for prospecting. And once you block it out, don't let anything encroach on it. Number two, remember the 30-day rule. What happens if you don't set aside time to prospect every day? Well, you keep saying, I'll do it tomorrow or something like that, right? Then 30 days from now, all of a sudden, your pipeline has dried up. Then you can't close anything. And now your confidence starts to fade. And guess what? It's all because your activity 30 days ago doesn't support the needs you have today. Number three, put the salesperson hack to use. How many times have you called and got a gatekeeper keeping you from where you wanted to be? Maybe you were just looking for information. Have you ever considered calling another salesperson? Think about it for a second. You know that a call to sales is going to get answered. And being that they're also trying to open up new opportunities, they may just be willing to tell you exactly who you should talk to and or provide better contact information for the person you were calling for. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, I've got Jonathan Parrott, the senior sales manager at Track Maven. He started his career selling residential house painting. You don't want to miss this one. If you have questions you'd like me to ask our guests, please tweet at me at SalesTuners or shoot me an email, jim at SalesTuners.com. Be sure to sign up for our email list where we send out expanded content and previews of upcoming guests. All right. I hope to see you next week. Until then, let's make it rain. Thanks for listening to Sales Tuners. Stay up to date at www.salestuners.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. And they stay there!